What the Actual Fork podcast is co-hosted by two intuitive eating registered dietitians, yours truly, Sammy Previtt, owner of Fine Food Freedom, and Jenna Warner, owner of Happy Strong Healthy. We can't stand diet culture bullshit and love keeping it real. Our mission is for all humans to believe that they are made for so much more than chasing a smaller body. We are also here to share with you that food can be fun and pleasurable again. Although we are medical professionals, we are human beings too. We are not afraid to share our deepest, darkest secrets and how many years of our lives were taken by diet culture. We started this podcast so no human has to feel alone in their journey towards food freedom. So get comfy and join us for a casual combo where you can expect to laugh, cry, learn, and grow. We are so grateful that you're here. So if you enjoy this podcast and want to connect further, we invite you to follow along on Instagram at what the actual fork pod and subscribe, rate and review our podcast so we can continue to share this message with more and more people. Now let's get into it. Welcome back to another episode of what the actual fork podcast. I get to ask this today, Sam, how are you? I know. I feel like I always just like throw that out there. I'm like, let me just hand it over to you, Jenna. I get to do that today. And I know you got some things to say, so I am pumped. (laughs) By the sound of my voice, you can probably tell that I'm not doing the best. Um, I've already overshared on TikTok how I may have trusted a fart too soon. So let's just throw that out there. I didn't see that one. Oh, you totally missed it. Um, So we're talking all the sickness, but let's talk about Valentine's Day, right? Because it's Valentine's Day week, whether you're celebrating with a partner, with a loved one, with girlfriends, like whatever it is, like whatever kind of love in your life that you're celebrating or anti-love, because I know some people do that. Um, We thought that at our household, we're like, well, you know what? We have daycare. So we have full-time childcare during the day. So let's make this Valentine's day one to remember and do a whole day date, like, because we have childcare. Well, funny thing about that is that funny thing about plans, <laughs> funny thing about that. So it all started on uh, a week from today for listeners. So last Friday, a week from today, mama got raging pink eye in her left eye. And I was like, all right, fuck it. I'll throw some drops in. We'll be good. Okay. Well, Sunday I wake up and have raging pink eye in the other eye. Okay. So now I just look like a demon with two red eyes. And mm, sorry, Luke, my husband doesn't listen. So who cares? He had the stomach bug last week, diarrhea, throwing up. Our daughter had it the week before. We thought I was in the clear. Well, no, I was not in the clear. (laughs) Monday, So Valentine's Day was Tuesday this week, Monday night at 1 a.m. I wake up with a distended tummy and the rumbles that you just know, like the life, you know, your (laughs) life is about to end. Like I was thinking of TikToks while I was praying to the porcelain God, like laying on the floor that I was like, there's two times in my life that I've seen death. One was an unmedicated birth right before Sienna came out of me. And two is like that moment before you vomit where like you feel it coming. And I feel like we need to put a trigger warning on this episode because some people like hate talking about vomit. (laughs) But like, oh my God, I was so sick. So my Valentine's Day, forgot to mention that on Monday, Sienna was sent home from daycare with a 102 fever. So she was home on Valentine's Day. So long story short, I spent Valentine's Day isolated in our guest room. I got an in-home IV, loaded with Zofran, um, double pink eye, and now I have a cough and congestion and and I'm somehow talking well, to you today. I need our listeners to know just though how dedicated to the podcast you are because while all of this is happening at like 2.40 You were the only person I was texting I, while I was mid-diarrhea and vomit. I'm like getting these messages, like all of this like horrible stuff, but I'm going to be on the podcast. I'm like, oh boy. And then there was another one at like 4.30. It's like, never mind. Like, so just so you know, like I'm not <laughs> going to be able to be on the podcast today. And I'm like, she's delirious. Like, what is happening? Dude, it's so funny you said that because I had told Luke previously, like, when we were originally going out on this day date, (laughs) because he went to bed, so he didn't know I was sick because we were sleeping in different beds because I had double pink eyes. So I wasn't trying... So 
So he didn't know I was sick. I was texting him updates throughout the night. So when he woke up for his 20 minute morning shit, he could read all my texts. <laughs> so I was texting you and him, but he knew that I had a 9 a.m. meeting, which was going to be our podcast recording. So like after I somehow fell asleep by like 9 a.m. Because I was up from 1 a.m. to oh. 8 a.m. Like just everything coming out. And he was like, I wonder if she like remembered to cancel her 9 a.m. Because all he knew was that I had a 9 a.m. Like he didn't know what it was. And and then I was laughing. So I was like, no, I was like literally texting Jenna play by plays of like what was going on. I swear to you, I woke up and I was like, oh my God. Like, so anyone, and thing. I feel like everyone is suffering from the norovirus right now. So the in-home nurse, Nurse Bonnie, amazing. She was like, I've had like 20 patients like you over the past week. Like everyone is just dying. So I was like, okay, well, that makes me feel a little less alone, I guess. But So <laughs> I know we've talked about daycare germs on here, but like, holy fucking shit. I really hope it's over. Yeah, I hope so too, for your sake and for your family's sake. <laughs> but it's also like kind of hilarious. Like it's once you're like wild. sitting upright and like I'm like kind of alive again, like I still feel like shit, but like I feel loads better than I did the past few days. Um, yeah, just crazy. So, how was your Valentine's Day? I don't. Or maybe even how was your know. weekend away? You know, we traveled. It's so funny. We traveled to Florida to visit my in-laws Thursday. I I workshopped this while I was puking, what you were supposed to talk about that. that, Right. Yes, you did. She like gave me a task and I was like, "Hmm, (laughs) that's a great idea. Um, But we were away Thursday to uh, Sunday. And, you know, the last two times we've traveled with Noah, with the toddler, he's now two. He was like as good as expected, but like this time around, I really wasn't worried about it. Cause I'm like, this kid fucking loves to watch TV. Now he's going to sit with this iPad. It's only two hours. It's going to be amazing. Like I might even get to watch a movie. Like, wow. Can't wait to travel. Did this kid watch one minute of TV on these flights? No, of course not. Don't like it. Not interested. Like would not watch a minute of the iPad. This was going down. Coming home, it was a lot easier of a flight. But I was like, holy shit. Like you cannot make this up. Like I literally packed so much less for him than I normally would because I was like banking on the fact that like Blippi, Coco, and any truck video on fucking YouTube was going to save my life on this flight. Didn't happen. So, you know, needless to say, that is, that was a a very long day. And then my in-laws picked us up from the airport and they are one hour ish from the airport. So like the drive after the flight, after the waiting is just like, it's tough, man. But I will say once we got there, everything was great. He did great. He recovered, et cetera. I was able to take like a little bit of time off of like the grind of social media while I was away. Like I I disconnected quite a bit, which was amazing. But like, let me tell you my social media views, which I know we talk about this a lot on TikTok specifically. I have 119,000 followers. I have videos right now with 150 views. I don't know what's happening and I'm about to quit. (laughs) Something crazy is going on. If we reference our Justin Schumann episode, I know Justin put up a few videos about this, which I booked a one-on-one with him, by the way. Oh, Um, that's exciting. I know. So I can't wait to update on that. Um, So, but he, he did a video on that, how he put up a video where he saw it on his own FYP I see that all the time now with like zero views and one save. But then when he goes to his page and clicks it, it was like completely different metrics. And he's like, uh, what's right here. So just as always, my piece of advice is just don't even fucking look at the metrics. Just stop because it's like, or just stop creating one of the two. I know it's so wild. Some days I'm like, I don't know if I can do it anymore, but I'm going to, because some of you are really the ride or dies and you're the ones that keep us going. And that's why Uh, we're here. And that's why we're here. And the content that is being put out on social that is going viral right now is so problematic that is really like what we talk about in this episode today. Yes. Which I'm super excited to share with you guys because there was, and I talk about this in the episode, but like 
I don't even remember her name, Foodology or something that posted the video about, and she mislabeled hydrogenated oils versus partially hydrogenated oils, which is completely different and is giving out information on her massive platform spoken in confidence and with authority. And people are now believing legitimate, like not just like misinformation, like a little bit, but like legitimately actually wrong facts um, about labeling and products in general and general chemistry. And it's really, really a scary time to be a consumer on social media, in my opinion. Yes. And that's why it's important that we do keep showing up and (laughs) why we bring on guests like we had today, right? Yes. All right. So you kick us on because she was freaking amazing. And I'm so excited for people to listen to this episode. And like backstory, she even wrote this on here that she and I met when I was her preceptor for any of the RDs to be out there. Um, in like 2014, when I was working as a retail dietitian in ShopRite of Hoboken, um, which is like so cool, like so full circle. And now she is doing so many cool things. So today we had Gabby Giuliano, who is a master's and a diet, master's of science and dietitian. Um, she is a certified intuitive eating registered dietitian and a non, she did a non-traditional track to be a dietitian. After obtaining her bachelor's degree at Fairfield University, she completed her didactic program in dietetics at Montclair State and her dietetic internship and master's at the College of St. Elizabeth, which is also local to New Jersey. Amazing. She began her career in clinical dietetics with a focus in oncology, which we didn't even get to talk about today, which is really, really freaking cool. And now works in regulatory affairs in the food industry. She is also the create. Yes. She's also (laughs) the creator of Happy Eating RD, a blog where she discusses intuitive eating and also weaves in food marketing and diet culture while exploring relationships with food. So once we her, I think she pitched us an email and said, like, I work in regulatory affairs. I listen to your podcast. I need to come on. And we were like, uh, fuck yeah, you do. <laughs> so, so happy she came on. And honest to God, like, um, you know what? Why don't we just give a couple snippets of what we're going to talk about? Like, she literally breaks down how labeling works what is approved speak in labeling terms like what is healthy versus what is natural what are natural flavors um we talk about some viral tiktok trends and if they're safe or not we talk about some apps that are out there and if they're safe or not um and we talk about like the marketing aspect of labeling as well which is huge and i think if that doesn't like pique your interest i don't know what will because that is like everything And what a cool like unicorn she is where she's not only in regulatory affairs and has like this clinical brain as well, but is also an intuitive eating dietitian. So like this whole conversation today is rooted in this beautiful lens of not having guilt or shame or morality tied to food, which you don't often find when you're talking about a nutrition facts label or people that are talking about nutrition facts labels. So I'm so excited to share our conversation with Gabby. Oh, me too. Okay. Have you ever watched a social media ad before and just have been absolutely mesmerized by the product and the person reviewing it? I recently was watching an ad for Dime Beauty products, specifically the Luminosity Eye Serum. And let me tell you, I swiped up so fast on Instagram and ordered so quickly. I don't think that I have ever done that before. But the best part is, is that it absolutely lived up to the hype of the ad. And I am so excited to tell you more about why I personally, Jenna here, you're what the actual fork podcast co-host and also self-proclaimed skincare lover. Personally love Dime Beauty. So first off, thank you Dime Beauty for sponsoring this podcast. And now let me start by telling you a few major call-outs for their products. So their entire line is vegan, cruelty-free, no harsh chemicals, fragrance-free. And then the big one that I'm super excited to just talk about Because personally, when I was pregnant with my son, one of the biggest stressors that I felt in the beginning of the pregnancy was trying to understand what products were okay to use while pregnant. While this is not a replacement for medical advice, and we always recommend consulting with your physician first, it's important to note that none of the ingredients in Dime Beauty products 
have been banned to use during pregnancy and breastfeeding. Again, we highly recommend consulting with your care team first, but I thought that that was a really cool little tidbit to share. So let's get to my favorite products. Personally, of course, that luminosity eye serum I am loving. It goes on super smooth while it helps to reduce the appearance of dark circles and puffy under eyes. In addition, I am loving the serum set, which includes their hyperglow serum and also the hyaluronic acid serum. They're amazing for helping to reduce the appearance of fine lines and wrinkles and keep the skin moisturized respectively. I love them so much and I am so excited for you to try. So when you guys are ready to try these amazing products, make sure you use our code FORK for 20% off your entire order. Head over to dimebeautyco.com and use code FORK at checkout. Remember, Dime also provides free shipping on orders over $75. And if you haven't tried Dime Beauty yet, make sure you do and let me know what you think. Welcome to another episode of the What the Actual Fork podcast. We are so excited. We have rescheduled this episode 14 times and we were so determined to make it happen because the episode topic today is not only so relevant, but something I know so many of you have questions about. And we brought in a boss expert who also happens to be somebody I've known for like, did we say 10 years? 10 years? Um, Her name is Gabby and I am so excited to have you here today, Gabby. I am happy to be here. Yay. So before we learn a little bit more about you in general and have you introduce yourself and say why you're going to be the expert of the topic we're talking about, we start every podcast episode with our what the actual fork moment of the week, the month, the day, the year. I could do one for, I could do 15 for today. Um, so whatever speaks to you, whether it's something in your field specifically or your area of the field or just something that you've overheard in real life, anything that made you stop in your tracks and say what the actual fork as it relates to diet culture, we would love to hear. Yeah. Yeah. I had one, but then I actually, I had two now and they'll be super quick, but I went into the office for the first time since 2020. And since then, I mean, a lot has happened and I too just like have grown in my journey of just like learning more about intuitive eating and diet culture and all of that. And I saw a lot of my coworkers for the first time in like three years. And I was really taken aback by how many of them, like I was like, hi, how are you? How are things going? And like one of the first things out of their mouth was that I've gained weight, which is like not, that's not relevant. That's not relevant to to what we do. And I just was just so much more aware of it. And I was just like, wow, like this came up more than one time from like very smart, educated folks that I work with. And I was just like, wow, it really is everywhere. It really is everywhere. So that was just like blew me yesterday when I was in the office, but from like an influencer piece, because of course, so fun on social media. Um, I saw one, I think it was like some kind of fitness guy. I don't remember his handle. It doesn't, it's not important, but he was talking, like giving his advice. And one of the things he, he was like, you know, all the workout stuff. And he was like, you must have your coffee black because anything else is a milkshake. And that one just like really stopped me because I was just, I felt a lot of empathy for him. Cause I was like, I guess he doesn't know what a milkshake tastes like. <laughs> and it just, I felt also empathy for anyone who would see that and just kind of like follow along with it. Cause like, that's, that's just crazy. Like, and then my regulator hat came on and I was like, well, what if you just put sugar in your coffee? That's not a milkshake, but is that going to be bad for you too? I don't know. So it was, um, that was a big one. That was one of like the the more flaggier ones I've seen lately. I need, I need you to send me that video because that's something I need. I need to attack. First of all, I just want to say, I'm so sorry for the experience that you had. And thank you for sharing that with us. I mean, that is a theme of so many episodes that we talk about why it's never okay or acceptable to comment on other people's bodies. Like it's 2023. (laughs) Like can people fucking get with it and not talk about bodies? I, like, and like I'm, I'm like yeah so mad for you right now like I'm just, I, just, I can't imagine I know that. I'm like you don't need to apologize for your own body like you don't need to do that like you are fine the way that you are and it's like just not an attribute that I consider you as my coworker. like that's not what I'm thinking about that's not what anyone should be thinking about so I was just it like really just like brought me back to reality that like wow this is something this is real and we got to 
we got to take it one day. At a time. Having not been in an office setting in so long, like I forget how many toxic behaviors really do mm-hmm. exist. Yeah, like yeah. now I'm thinking back to every office I've ever been in and like all people ever talked about was food in their bodies. Right. <laughs> like, Which ever. makes sense because diet culture is <laughs> everywhere. But like I'm still in my pajamas right now and like don't <laughs> even know what it's like to step foot in an office. <laughs> that but like thank you so much for sharing that because I know that Mm -hmm. that's not like an easy thing to share uh, but it's so needed and Mm -hmm. for people to know that they're not alone but it's never okay for someone to comment on your body whether it's weight gain weight loss doesn't matter like literally not okay so thank you so much and to be very clear um creamer and coffee is necessary (laughs) for my joy that and this is not even sponsored but jenna i know you also love the chobani creamers oh like, my god they're Sponsor. so fucking delicious yeah we need to get a chobani sponsorship um <laughs> so we are not in favor of that video either but gabby we need to we need to learn so much about you and you threw out like if I put my regulatory hat on. So I know that was really good. I loved that. <laughs> so please tell our listeners and tell me because I know Jenna knows more about you than I do. So I would love to hear like what what got you to where you are now and, and what do you do within the field of dietetics? Sure, sure. So I was a non-track, non-traditional um, track RD. I went back after I got my bachelor's. To, to go into nutrition, I just, um, you know, found it really interesting. So I, I did that later on and became a clinical RD. I was working um, in hospitals, um, inpatient, outpatient, which was really, I appreciated the experience, but I always knew it was not like an end game for me. That's not what I wanted to go into dietetics to do. So in my internship, I kept hearing about this thing called regulatory affairs, which it was explained to me as, you know, you do the food labels in the companies kind of thing. And I was like, that sounds interesting. I, you know, I could get behind that. I, I like that, you know, there's a lot of like rhyme and reason behind the fact panel. Like the things that are on your labels are for a very specific reason. And I just was very interested in that. So after a couple of years, I had an opportunity to, um, to go into regulatory affairs. I actually networked through my Zog kickball team, believe it or not. I found my job, <laughs> which I will always um, credit Zog for that. So thank you. But um, but yeah, so I, I I started in 2016 and I've been at where I've been ever since. And it's been a wild ride. Um, I joined the, the company at the time we were updating all the fact panels. Like a couple of years ago, like it changed. The added sugars was added to the label. So we did that for the company. And now I've been there ever since. I mostly do conventional food, like the foods that you would find in a supermarket on the shelf. And I also do some products called medical foods that you need a specific prescription um, and they for a specific medical condition for example um, like do you remember like the like the protein supplements you would give in the hospital like prostat and things like that Th- those kind of products and like ketogenic formulas for for folks who are actually have epilepsy um, though those kind of things as well which has been which has been really really fun especially with having the RD the RD hat too. That's so cool. And just to backtrack for anybody that doesn't know, because I do think we have a lot of Hobokeners that listen to this <laughs> podcast, but Zog Sports that Gabby is talking about is the club teams in Hoboken for, I don't know, what would you would call it? Like young Inter- adults? It's like intramural sports. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. Luke, Luke played on their flag football team, my husband. I'm pretty I, sure it was Zog. When yeah. I lived with like 12 people in a four bedroom apartment in Hoboken, <laughs> we all played just to go to the happy hours. Oh, yeah. Afterwards. Oh, yeah. Oh, totally. <laughs> oh, that those is... were such fun days. Oh, <laughs> I miss Hoboken so much. Me too. Yeah. Um, well, this is really just like, there's so many things that come to my mind specifically, especially with the state of where social media is today. And the first thing that I would love to chat about actually you know what let's go in order so when it comes to labeling a food and there's things that you see on the front versus things that you see on the back can you just start by kind of just explaining to our listeners like what goes what is actually required to be on a package versus what people put on there for like attention call outs grabs whatever marketing I guess we could say 
Yeah, absolutely. So there's a lot of there's a lot of things that are regulated, but a lot of it is uh, I'm going to mostly focus from like a marketing claim perspective. Um, so you can kind of then from there go into two categories. One is the nutrition fact panel, which is on the back, which has all the all the nutrition information, the ingredients. And then you could kind of label everything else as kind of like the the marketing campaigns. A lot of times I affectionately call it like the marketing fluff. And, you know, all the all the claims that they're talking about, like the product is like X, Y, Z for your health or it's clean or it's natural, like all those kind of things, uh, like the benefits that it gives you, um, like uh, like probiotics and stuff like that. Those are more of like the claims. And again, some of it is fluff, but some of that is also regulated by the FDA, the way that the fact panel is, especially claims regarding your health, like tying something to heart health or tying something to, um, you know, another like, like calcium for bones and things like that. But those are things that are a little bit more, they, they have, they're, they're under a little bit more scrutiny before they get out on the shelf versus other things. We're like, this is the best product you're ever going to taste <laughs> and, and, and other, and other things like that. So, um, so yeah, those are, I would do the, like, those are the big two, two like buckets, I would say when you're, when you're looking at a label. I am really excited to ask this question because Jenna, you won't probably remember this, but you were the one who taught me this as my previous boss. Um, when we worked for a supermarket chain, I remember we were like on a grocery store tour or I was like shadowing Jenna and her clients. And she was like, did you know that the word natural has like no regulation behind it? And we were looking at peanut butters and I was like, oh my God, I had no idea. And like, I really (laughs) didn't. And I was a registered dietitian. So can you please share with us the two big hitters, natural versus healthy, and like, or just seeing the words natural or healthy on a package, do they have any regulation behind them? Like, what do they mean? Are products allowed yeah. to use these words? Yes. So let, we'll, we'll tackle natural first. So natural is a term that is not directly defined by the FDA, which means it has no like check marks that you have to have this, you have to have this, you have to have this, you have to have this. So it has a lot more, it's much more open to debate. That being said, the FDA does generally expect all claims to be tr- what they call truthful and not misleading. So you, you know, you have to, it has to be somewhat accurate to, you know, to, to be on sale. And then a- another thing that um, to, to preface with as well is that unlike drugs, food, a lot of the claims, like they can go into market without, you know, like the FDA is not like looking and approving a package before it gets onto the market unlike drugs, which of course are rigorously tested with RCTs and things like that. So a lot of stuff like you can, because it's gray, the, the definition, a lot of things, you know, can fall under it if the company can back up what they're saying. But that being said, it's not like a black, like, you know, black and white where healthy is regulated by the FDA. It has a definition. It also has a new definition that just came out last year. So that's been really interesting to unpack. Um, but you to but to be healthy on a label, you need to meet that certain criteria. I believe it's that they've they've changed it. It's a lot more complicated than it used to be, where like certain food groups have like certain different levels of like fat and sodium and things like that. But for for example, like sugar, for example, now has a level that you need to you need to meet. I think it's like two point five grams. Well, for the sake of the argument, we'll say it's two point five, and it's you know, it's something where it's like that's just one piece of what a product is. So, the healthy definition when you're in the store, it's literally just means does it does it meet nutrition criteria? But as we know. Health is so much more multifaceted than just what you eat. And I think that's one of the things, like as, as if you're practicing intuitive eating, if you're practicing just like more mindful shopping is just to remember like the food labels that you see, like they don't know you, they don't know what you need. They, they're, they're like social media, like all the influencers on social media that you see as well. It's like, they don't know you, they don't know your body. They don't know what you need. So it's, you know, keep that in mind as you shop and, you know, there's a lot more to health than just what's what's in the product. That was such a good macro. Point. 
macronutrient was. Yes. yes. Yeah. Coming no. from three intuitive eating dietitians. Yes. yes. That right. was such a good point because right. what, whereas healthy has a definition per the FDA, just to like clarify what we are saying as dietitians on this podcast is that healthy for Sam might not be healthy for Jenna, right? Or for Gabby or for exactly. any of our listeners. And so that makes it so challenging. I'm sure yeah. your job has gotten even more challenging as every single influencer has gone on social media saying how bad, heavy air quotes, these are the top five yeah. worst foods I've ever found in the grocery store. Why well, you yeah. should never drink <laughs> Diet Coke. Like, yeah. or how about fucking the most recent one that I went off on with the girl who was literally wearing like no bra, basically no shirt to her nipples were covered. <laughs> do you know which one I'm talking about? No. And she I was reading the yeah. Jif peanut butter jar. And yeah. then she actually got the organic chemistry wrong when she was discussing mm-hmm. it. Did you see that one? Yeah. Where she was mm-hmm. like, and I cannot believe that this is actually being sold in stores because it has hydrogenated oils in it. And right. these are not allowed in foods. And every single dietitian, doctor, like health professional that stitched it was just like, wait, what? Right. <laughs> I think I saw it I from Food Science Babe, who I love. She love. is doing the work. I love her so much, the work that she does. And um yeah, I, I saw that, you know, she had a great, you know, explaining explaining the science, which is true. It's like you the a lot of these a lot of these folks on social media, they they're not actually sponsored by the products they're talking about, A, which I think is a big, big distinction because if they were a lot of times they would have to roll back that language automatically because then you kind of get into like the industry side, of course, of like if a company is sponsoring, like they do need to be cognizant of what those those folks they are paying are saying about their product for the most part, because of course, then, you know, that can lead to, you know, litigation and all sorts of headaches. But if you're, if they're not, of course, they're going to say whatever they want to say. And a lot of times, you know, social media influencers and things like that can say those things because they're not under FDA jurisdiction because they're not selling the product. So they can literally say whatever they want and it gets out to as uh, into the media and people are like, oh, this must be right. And it's like, no, it's not necessarily right because it's just a lot of times their their opinion. Um, and going, going back to natural, because I know there was another big one too with natural flavors and like artificial flavors. So it's something that like while while the term natural like has a like doesn't isn't really tightly defined natural flavors and artificial flavors are defined and they are very clear in the regs about what you can and cannot call a natural and artificial flavor so if you ever see any content where it's like this is naturally flavored but it's not and it's like no the the company that put that out there needed to to follow regulations so it's you know you're okay. <laughs> You're okay. That that's if you see anything about that, it's just no. <laughs> Thank you for sharing the distinction. Can you yeah. tell us what is the difference between naturally flavored and artificially flavored, like from a like definition sure. standpoint? Yeah. So a natural flavor is something that has like a it, it's made from naturally derived substances or like essences or things like that. Whereas an artificial flavor is more like it's kind of like tweaked more like it could be like more synthetic like they're like doing things to like enhance flavor like very specifically um and and it's not from like natural sources mm-hmm. in terms of like it's more like synthetically made versus versus like a natural a natural source and then of course there's also like a caveat too of like something can be a natural flavor on like the ingredient side of the deck however if you if you, this is probably like a really granular example but like let's say you have like a peach flavored like granola bar or something and it says like peach um and then natural flavors on the back however if that flavor uses other essences that are not peach like let's say it's like a peach and like blueberry essence this is getting really technical I, if it's if it's <laughs> i too love much. it but um like if but if it's like peach and blueberry and that blueberry is still like a natural essence it's actually on the front of the pack should be artificially flavored because it's more than just what's just peach on the, in, in the flavor. So like, there's a lot of nuance to, to flavor labeling. Yes. I feel like mm-hmm. there's just so much nuance to labeling in general. Yeah. So and I'm, yeah. I'm so glad you pointed out in the beginning too, that like 
natural on the front of a bag. Like it's not like the FDA is sitting there waiting for these products to cross their desk so they can stamp them and approve them. Because like, if you look at like a natural bag of Cheetos that literally just puts like a beige bag with like a leaf on it versus Mm -hmm. like a regular bag of Cheetos, there's really not like a huge difference there. Um, And please tell me if I'm wrong, but like how brands will just kind of change aesthetic in a way to make something be air quotes natural. Yeah. Oh yeah. That's definitely part of like a rebrand and a refresh and something that, you know, it's, they, they do, you know, food companies have a lot of, a lot of resources to do that market analysis and do all that kind of stuff. Cause they're, they're just, you know, they're trying to make money and I, you know, you understand that, but it's also like, you have to get to a point where you're also being responsible to your consumer as well. And, and as long as you're giving them accurate information, that's, you know, that's the goal of every, that every food company should be attained for. And they do, they do. I'm not, I'm not saying every company, I, I mean, the company I work for, I, we really, you know, we, we string to do that as well. And it's just something that you just have to be aware of kind of like, again, with knowing yourself and knowing what you need and knowing what your body needs, knowing what you're looking at in the supermarket as well. And knowing yeah. like, what's going to satisfy you and like, not to be like swayed by a certain claim because you feel like you have to have this because it says xyz on it when you maybe really don't want it or like you want a totally different product and and that's okay it's like again taking that step back same like what same like with what you do on social media it's like how is this affecting me Hmm. is this what i actually need yeah and educating yourself which is exactly why you're here so people can Mm -hmm. have this education to be like oh i don't have to choose a product because it says natural because right not yeah. really doing anything for me if that's not the one mm-hmm. I want. Right. Right. So we have many previous episodes on this podcast about meal planning, grocery shopping, all of those great tools to have in your toolkit. But you may go through seasons of life, weeks, months, maybe even years where this is just not feasible. So I wanted to offer an equally amazing alternative, Green Chef, which is my personal favorite meal kit company. Now, the three reasons I love Green Chef. One, it is convenient and easy. So if you don't want to make the list, shop, prep, think, etc. This is my personal favorite reason because when my husband and I just don't want to have the conversation of like, what's for dinner, we can turn to Green Chef. When we pick our daughter up from daycare and only have like an hour and a half before her bedtime, this is a great option for us. Also, second reason I love Green Chef is they have options for every dietary preference. So if you have celiac disease and you have to eat gluten-free or maybe you're vegan or vegetarian, they have options for you. And the third reason that I love Green Chef is they are sustainable. Now, I am extremely guilty for going to the grocery store, I'll have every intention of like buying these amazing ingredients to make these amazing meals. And then I'll kind of like push them to the back of my fridge and they might go bad if I don't chop them, prep them, et cetera, in time. And so I end up throwing out a lot of food. Like I've done this so many times. And so another reason I love Green Chef is with their sustainability. They, if you use Green Chef, you are reducing your food waste by 38% versus grocery shopping. That When I read that stat, I was like, wow, that's that's huge. So if you're someone who's like, all right, I want to give Green Chef a try. And again, if, if you just want something convenient, easy, and delicious, then Green Chef is for you. You can go to greenchef.com slash fork60 and use code fork60 to get 60% off plus free shipping. Again, you can go to greenchef.com slash fork60 and use code fork60 to get 60% off plus free shipping. Okay. I I have to ask this and I, I hope that you're ready for the no I'm just kidding. <laughs> more recently I have gotten so many questions and I have seen so many people like people that shouldn't be posting this and other people that like really shouldn't be posting this but mm-hmm. 
a lot of people are now using an app that, and I'm pretty sure my my least favorite influencer on TikTok also just recently made his own app, but I think previously <laughs> he was also using this app. Um, mm-hmm. But that basically, I think it's called the Yuka app. I'm not really sure, but the, where it scans foods and even like products like body lotions and stuff like that. And it gives it like a quote unquote health score. And we'll say like, basically this food's killing you, this food's great for you. Mm -hmm. And like the difference is the price point essentially Mm -hmm. is like what I've deducted it down to. Interesting. But have you heard of this or seen it or like, no, no, bummer. I haven't, but I I know there's, I've heard of like similar, similar apps that in the past that have like and I feel like there's a lot of like third third party companies that like do this kind of stuff all the time. So I'm not surprised. If, oh, it's horrible. I'm yeah. almost positive. So my pal Bobby on social, <laughs> I'm pretty positive because he has this like Bobby approved quote unquote, like foods mm. and he goes into the store and basically like shits on everything. And now mm. he has like Bobby approved items. I'm pretty sure he has his own app too. And I'm just like mm. so curious what besides price point like makes them approved yeah. items versus right. not that, like... and that's the question always <laughs> that's the question always like if I like this kind of app like if I came across it um I would just kind of be like what's the aim like what is this app's goal like where are they coming from and what are they trying to either sell or anything like it's it always like being like what's their angle so then I can kind of just educate myself to be like okay this is how I'm going to respond to to this information in front of me. It's almost like you kind of have to follow like the trends of what's coming up. Like what mm-hmm. is the common denominator of making something mm-hmm. good versus bad? Right. So interesting. Okay. So I'm going to, Sammy, sorry. I'm going to skip to my next question then because we couldn't really get into that one. Um, food science babe also covered this once. Like I want to say closer to probably four or five months ago now mm-hmm. when like the pink sauce was like blowing up all over TikTok. I don't know if you remember that happening Mm. but essentially what was happening is this woman out of like I don't know somewhere in the midwest was like making and selling this like fermented sauce Mm. like through an Etsy shop or something and like basically what food science babe was saying is like the reason that the FDA controls the food selling process is because of like the ability to prevent people from getting sick and mm-hmm. how and why, like, you shouldn't be just, like, buying food off of someone's TikTok bio. <laughs> like, can you just talk yeah. about, like, any, like, safety levels that you're aware of, like, in the regulatory affairs, like, state of um, packaging, et cetera, that, like, makes it so that the food that is on the shelf is, quote, unquote, safe? Yeah, no, 100%. That is another beautiful thing that is we love we sometimes love regulations for this when they're very clear about food safety standards and quality standards of your food. Like a lot of times you have to, um, you know, the big manufacturing companies, they have to be inspected by the FDA, the USDA, depending on their ingredients. And they, you know, they need to make sure that they're having good manufacturing practices to sell foods um, that are safe to eat. They have to have rigorous testing in place for those foods before they get out to market. And in terms of testing, I mean like safety testing in terms of that it's, it's safe to sell. And, you know, having a mom and pop shop kind of do their own, their own thing like that, you know, something, things can fall through the cracks that way because they're, I mean, if they're a registered facility, that's wonderful. But if they're not, it's, you know, it, it gets really tough because there's a like processed foods get a bad wrap the term processed foods but there's a lot of food processing that is really wonderful i mean milk pasteurization that's a processed food if you really think about it but it saves lives it kills bacteria and makes the milk safe for long longer shelf and distribution so not all processed food is bad and food processes and food processing makes make, can make food safe so there's like that other side of it as well, because, you you know, you hear how it's so demonized, but, you know, there's a lot of things that are behind the scenes for that consumers don't even see be, keeping their food safe. So, so beautifully yeah. said, I mm-hmm. love these conversations so much. I was going to hit back with a snarky, but isn't dairy bad for you? But then I decided not to, um, because we're three intuitive eating dietitians that believe that all foods fit. Right. Um, and so Jenna, I see you deleted this off our list, but I'm throwing it back on the table because 
I see this on labels a lot. Now this might be more for supplements. So please tell me Mm -hmm. if like this isn't in your wheelhouse, but you'll see like proprietary blends on a lot of things. Mm. Um, and maybe, I don't know if with like the medical foods you were speaking of, if protein powders fit into that, because I know that's like sold in pharmacy and supermarkets sometimes. Mm. Mm-hmm. Um, but when a food or a food product has the word proprietary blend on it, can you explain to our listeners what that means? Yeah. So that typically means like if I saw that claim like my initial reaction to it would just be like okay this company has some kind of blend of whatever whatever the ingredient like proteins for example um where they you know it just means it's their unique like to me that's another another way to say unique without saying that so directly and I mean they it it could mean like they maybe own it in some capacity as well. I mean, the proprietary is not like, uh, again, I'm also not an attorney. So that I, you know, patents and stuff is a whole other, whole other ball game, but it usually means it's like their, like it's, it's their stamp on whatever that ingredient is that they're selling to you. That's how I would read it. Got it. Is there any caution that needs to be had with products that have proprietary blends? I, you know, from that, it's like that claim in isolation, I would say, not really, but definitely like look at the rest, especially when you're speaking about supplements, because so supplements are regulated differently than food. Yes, um, They, you know, can say a lot of fun things on a supplement, but it doesn't necessarily mean that it's tested, doesn't mean that, you know, they're doing routine testing, you know, to even meet the levels that they're, they're meeting. I've seen a lot of studies where um, they'll look, they'll take, they'll just pull supplements off the shelf and, and test them for the levels that are on the bottle. And a lot of time, you know, you just got to be wary of, of who's, of who's producing what, because of course, you know, they want to make money. That's why they're on the shelf. And it's, you know, you just have to be careful about where it's coming from. I would say if you, if you were looking for a supplement, like go to a, a reliable, a reliable distributor, I, there's a logo, the logo is escaping me right now, but there's like a certain logo from like, I think it's like pharma, from like a pharmacy logo that says it's like the most like rigorous testing or is it the NSF? Yeah. I think it's NSF. Yeah. Yeah, We love NSF here. We talk about (laughs) NSF all the time. So that's perfect. I'm happy for us to hear. But this is like, I know I've talked about this a thousand times, but like Jenna in 2016, 17, who wanted to make her own protein powder, like in a factory, like somewhere overseas when I was communicating with someone online, like they were going to put proprietary blend on the label because it was going to be quote unquote, my HSH. It was unique. (laughs) It was yours. It was proprietary to Jenna. So unique. (laughs) So it's like, yeah, we're going to use these things, but we're not going to tell anybody. So we're going to call it proprietary. That's how I always think about it. And I see a lot of companies like that are newer companies just getting out there that are using that. And I'm now I'm going to do like a deep dive and see if any of the NSF or informed sport supplements state that, but I, Mm -hmm. I don't think that they do. I was just going to say, I don't think you see proprietary blends on products that are third party, like rigorous tested. Typically. Well, and if you did, it might be more in like a marketing message. However, you could trace then on the label, like they would probably then explain what's in the blend. Got it. Like they would that probably be somewhere else where you're like, oh, okay, they're using this, 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 and this. And like in that case, proprietary might just be like the levels of what's in there, which yeah. they don't necessarily need to disclose. But um, yeah, I whenever you're looking at any kind of label, the more the more transparent the label is, like the more they'll tell, they'll explain to you what they mean. That that to me shows a manufacturer or a company that's like, okay, they did their due diligence and they want to make you as the consumer have an informed decision about what you're purchasing. And that's, I keep that in the back of my head. Anytime I, anytime I browse the the supermarket. I love this. This conversation went by really fast. We hit all of our bullets. Um, Just rapid fire questions at you. (laughs) We really did. But this was so informative and I think is going to ease so many people's nerves as to, and, you know, back when we were in store dietitians, I know I can speak for at least both of us, Sam, and hopefully Gabby, when you 
interned with me, you had the same experience. Like one of my intentions, even being disordered at the time of like being an insert dietitian was to make food shopping like easier for people and Mm -hmm. more fun and enjoyable and like encouraging people to browse and like look for new foods. Mm -hmm. But like, I can't even imagine that this is now nine years later, right? Like how stressful food shopping has become for some people when they base their decisions as to what to purchase based on what the latest like TikTok trend is or like what people are saying is bad versus what's good. And like the amount, the sheer amount of different types of the exact same product that are out there now too has got to just make this just so much harder than it needs to be. And I know this conversation and this episode is going to help so many people. And so- Thank you so much for being here, Sam. Before we do a goodbye, is there anything you want to add? Yeah, I would love to leave our listeners with one last question of if they're listening to this episode, Gabby, and you want them to remember one thing about reading food labels that can really make them feel empowered and at peace with their food decisions, what would that be? Yeah, it would be that, you know, the food, the food and doesn't know you, you know what you need. And things like the fact panel are very, they can be a great tool to help you figure out what you want, especially like when you get into a space of like gentle nutrition and you're like, okay, I need fiber in my diet. I want to get more fiber. How do I do that? Or I want to, um, you know, have something that's more, you know, I want something with more fat. So I'm satisfied, things like that. Like the nutrition fact panel can be really helpful for that. And, but also don't, don't like the claims, like don't let them own you. They, they're just, it's just food. It's not good. It's not bad. It's just food that's, you know, for sale in the supermarket. And it's, you know, it, it really can just be, it really can just be that if you, if you, if you get there. Well, that was amazing. A beautiful send off and tell all of our listeners who I know will want to learn so much more from you where they can find you. Um, and any other details you want to share? Yeah, sure. I, so I recently started a blog because I just, yeah, I, I just wanted to find a space to like talk a little bit more about intuitive eating, like diet culture, kind of like adjacent how it is about food marketing, like kind of putting that in there as well and navigating and navigating that. And you can find that at I'm happy R, happy eating rd.com. And my Instagram is happy eating rd as well. I believe it or not, I'm not on TikTok for my mental you're space. Lucky. I was just <laughs> about to say your mental health is a for hell of a lot space. better than ours. Then. <laughs> but everything comes to Instagram anyway. So like I it's see it and I'm just like, I'm like, oh. Jenna I, drags it by its horns. Yeah. She drags all the carnivores by their horns. <laughs> yeah. Brings them to Instagram. So bad. Like so bad. But thank you. Yeah. Excuse me. So much for being here today. This was so much fun and it was so good to reconnect with you. Yeah. Happy to be here. Happy to be here. Thank you guys so much for listening to another episode of What the Actual Fork Pod. We know there are a lot of pods out there and we are so grateful that you are here listening with us. So if you enjoyed today's episode, please be sure to subscribe, like, share with all of your friends and faves, and don't forget to rate and review and let us know what you want to hear more of. The more we hear from you, the more that we can make these episodes exactly what you want. We would also love to connect with you on Instagram at what the actual fork pod. We promise to continue to bring you the hottest topics, greatest guests, and the most fun you can possibly have fighting diet culture bullshit. We love you, we appreciate you, and we will see you next week for more fun.